everybody to Sharpen That Axe, a podcast dedicated to strengthening your skills as a guitar player. My name is Dylan Murphy, a um, song or sing writer, guitar appreciator from Galway on the west coast of Ireland. And with me as always, co-host, just about to take a sip of coffee, John Gillen. How are you? Uh, doing all right. Got to clear my throat, you know. That's, That's it. Keep it, keep, the, keep it fresh. We are for, uh, for the vocal things, professional. At the end of the day, yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So this this is our, our our guitar improvement podcast where we talk about most things guitar related. Today we are talking about a very special, very interesting list published by Rolling Stone uh, earlier. I think it came out earlier in November as like a tribute issue. Yeah, yeah. So it's got Eddie on the cover, and then uh, it also has the 100 Greatest Guitarists of All Time. So it's kind of a special edition thing. Um, came out earlier this month, and it's... Uh, but yeah, what's interesting about this, as opposed to previous lists, is it's actually, instead of just music critics, it's voted on by a bunch of high-profile guitar players. So I think this is going to be really interesting to talk about. So Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that in, in a little bit in terms of, like, who voted and who voted for whom. And, yeah, a lot of, a lot of questions there. Um, but first, it is Lick of the Week time, where one oh. of us picks a guitar uh, lick that they have been enjoying and the other one has to guess who it is and we discuss it a little bit but hopefully not for too long because we've got a big list to get through so yeah so it is my turn and i've gone very predictable this week but yeah if you want uh, it's kevin here. bacon isn't it it is kevin how do you know guitarist <laughs> extraordinaire <laughs> Okay, yeah, of course. This is Nervous Breakdown by Brad Paisley. Yes, very good. Yes, woo! I even got the name right. Yeah, Love this tune. Like, okay, <laughs> so a little bit about this. This was, this was my introduction to Brad Paisley. I yeah. was working at uh, Media Play at the time, which was this massive like, conglomerate of media, you could buy books, you'd CDs, DVDs, software, video games, all that fun stuff. I was working in the music department, and there was actually a video for this. And this is what I heard. I heard this come over the loudspeakers with the video in the music department, and like my mind melted out my ear, and I sat there transfixed. And another one of the employees came by, and I was like, who is this? And they were like, I have no idea, but that's amazing. And I was like, I am buying this right now. Where is it? What is this? <laughs> so, and yeah. right there, like, I was hooked. So it totally, it totally blew my mind. I'd heard, you know, Chet Atkins and stuff like that and some of these classic country guys, but I'd never heard this style and somebody ripping like this. And it was my introduction to that kind of, that fast-paced Nashville uh, hybrid picking, just monster guitarist thing. So I absolutely love this tune. This was the thing that got me hooked. So anyway, tell yeah. me about it. What do you got? Okay, well, this is, yeah, so this is, I, I stuck this in as my lick of the week because I've really, it's, it's what I've been working on in terms of building speed and hybrid picking 
a technique and yeah it's great i found an, uh, ben eller does a really nice breakdown it was one of his it's one of his early weekend wank shops i think from at five years ago and yeah it's great it's funny like because i think i'd sat down and tried to learn it before uh through tabs and just because it's 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 essentially it's a g minor pentatonic box just yeah. just hybrid picked at lightning speed and but the thing is when ben broke it down sometimes what's good you know it's it's we encourage like learning from tabs and whatever you want to do to everybody has their different way of learning. But from watching Ben's video, he went through the actual way rather than traditional hybrid picking where you're picking down and then using your other two fingers. He's like every, whenever you move from one string to another, you should start with an upstroke, which is something that I'd never think about before. And it took a while to get a hang of, but it actually makes a lot of sense. And I've been steadily building speed, learning it. And it's, it's, it's great. I mean, like, I don't think I'm ever going to get it to that because it's so fluid as well. That's a live cut we just heard. And it's just like, he's not even looking at what he's doing. He's just, ripping through it and um, yeah it's a it's a, it's a class lick and it's very much like this is how good country guitar can be in terms of like physical i, I suppose like technical technique it's just mind-blowing and um, yeah that's nervous breakdown by brad paisley um, a good starting point um i'd say into his what he does because it's all an instrumental and then uh, check out his play album, which uh, I have and has one of the biggest tab books I've ever seen. <laughs> track after track of just basically guitar wanking. So yeah, well, it's it's really refreshing because it's that classic, just country guitar stuff with uh, um, in, in a world that's kind of like particularly in in a world of country music that right now is so full of just like pop country. Um, I, I guess, yeah, and bro country. Sure, there's your outlaw country, but your outlaw country guys, which there's some cool guitar players in that. Don't get me wrong, but they're it's it's not it's not this flashy stuff, you know. <laughs> so not even close. Yeah, yeah. Brad was very much a. I suppose he was part of that kind of new wave that came out kind of late '90s, and yeah, hugely influential on the guitar world. I mean, just in, just just being able to. I think it's just the the stamina that's involved to play those sort of licks. It's just you know. It just makes your phone ring, you know? Yes. <laughs> uh, okay, so John, with the tragic passing of uh, Eddie Van Halen, what was it, about, I'd say, October? It was about a, yeah, about a month ago. About a month ago. Uh, Rolling Stone, which I've, I've always enjoyed Rolling Stone. It's, it's not the easiest magazine to get in Ireland. Uh, you will find it uh, usually very overpriced in a lot of news agents but not all news agents are open at the moment in ireland so it was very hard to get a copy so john you obliged and filled me in on the details and yeah this, these special editions this, this is an interesting one because this is essentially an eddie van halen tribute issue but right. also the their list of the hundred uh, greatest quote-unquote guitarists and um, yeah so uh, John, first impressions of this list before we do a little bit of a deep dive. Uh, yeah, so my initial impression, just kind of picking it up at the newsstand and sort of flipping through it, it there was a little bit of like, well, of course, and kind of roll my eyes a little bit. Like, of course, Jimi Hendrix is number one. Eric Clapton's number two. I mean, these are guys that like, if you've never picked up a guitar and probably never even heard their music, you still know their name. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's... You know, so some of these are really exactly what you would expect. But kind of digging into the list, there's some some people that maybe 
you might not know. And I mean, we've talked about him. We've talked about Scotty Moore, for example. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, and how he is and, you know, uh, a lot of the other, you know, classic blues guys get their nod too. guys like John Lee Hooker, of course, deserve that. And T-Bone Walker. Um, interesting. You see people like Mike Bloomfield, uh, yes. Steve Cropper and how important those guys are. So it's kind of cool to see names that you wouldn't necessarily expect on a list like this. It's uh, the fact that it's not, as I said earlier, it's not just a bunch of music critics. It's actually the guitar players that are voting on this and, and putting things together. And then on top of that, what I thought was really cool was the fact that a lot of these guitar players are the ones that are writing the blurbs, the paragraphs, the articles, yeah. however you want to put it, for these other guitar players, which, is, which I thought was really cool. So to have, for example, Pete Townsend talk about Jimi Hendrix puts it into a whole new light, you know? So. Yeah, that was like a really, yeah, I, I think because it, it's that thing. It's like we're looking at it from a historical, you know, point of view in terms of like, you know, Hendrix. We always think of it as, okay, this is like, what, 50, 60 years ago. And it's, you know, it's it's from time past. But Pete Townsend, when he writes about it, it's a really emotional, because uh, he was there. Like he saw, yeah. he's, you know, he talks about he like how Hendrix just, made the guitar like a beautiful thing and changed on stage and kind of like went above everything else into it, like turned it into a really spiritual uh, experience watching him play live, which I thought was really cool. I think it's, it's great to kind of get those firsthand accounts of what this was like, you know, cause you know, you can only listen to the music and watch the, the video so many times. There's only so much mm -hmm. footage out there, but yeah, I suppose just to mention before we go on, like the people on this list, you've got people from all sorts of genres. You've got Richie Blackmore from Deep Purple is one of the um, contributors. You've got Jay Maskus from Dinosaur Jr. Brian May. You've got Vernon Reed from Living Color. You've got Andy Summers, you've got Joe Walsh, and um, you've got Jim James from My Morning Jacket. One of I, I love that band, and you've got like Tom DeLonge as well. So yeah, it's 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 a nice eclectic bunch. They didn't stick to one genre. Um, that said, speaking of sticking to like one genre, this top twenty is like so blues rock and roll oriented. It is. <laughs> It, it is exactly what you would expect, you know what I mean? It's it's like this was written by like a dad in his fifties, like this list. This is a list of like, you know <laughs> that th those guys with the beer valley and the leather jacket who stand at the back of the gigs. Like one of those made this list. It, it is the, or like put them in this order, I think. Because like yeah. your top ten is Pete Townsend, Dwayne Allman, Eddie Van Halen, Chuck Berry, BB King, Jeff Beck, Keith Richards, Jimmy Page, Eric Clapton, and Hendrix. Now, yeah, I don't. I, so, what struck me originally is just from seeing this is that there's a lot of players on this list that maybe weren't the best technical players, but very much inspired other people to pick up the guitar, which is like a yeah. really interesting thing. Like uh, Keith Richards, does Keith Richards is Keith Richards like uh, is he top ten material? I don't know. I, I mean, I wouldn't think so, you know. But again, I think what makes these interesting, too, is you've got Nils Lofgren is uh, the guy who's talking about Keith Richards. Yeah. You know? And he's just, he's enamored with the guy uh, because yeah. of Richards who helped him pick up the guitar and helped him realize, like, you could explore these different sounds and, and a sonic space and, and just how he relates uh, this this kind of legacy that's passed on, like how Keith Richards really identified with Chuck Berry, or, or really loved Chuck Berry's playing, and so for Nils, the 
uh, Keith, as he puts it, what Chuck is to Keith, Keith is to me. So it's just kind of, it, it is a cool perspective, but I'm totally with you on this fact that like, eh, I, I, I don't, I don't think, I, I don't think I could put Keith Richards as the number four greatest guitar player of all time, even most influential in that case. Like that's the thing. Yeah. I, I think very much like his scope of, in, of influence is very limited. Right. My, like when I think of like any really memorable guitar parts, apart from like maybe start me up and satisfaction, like my favorite Rolling Stones guitar parts were played by Mick Taylor, who is on this list, but yeah. way lower. And, yeah. And, we've talked about Mick Taylor before too. And I, I, I agree. Like Richards had the, that swagger and that vibe that sort of made him the rock star. <laughs> yeah. It's Whereas, that thing. yeah. I, I think, I think you're right. In a lot of ways, Mick was probably the better guitar player, but when it comes to influence, I mean, somebody like Stevie Ray Vaughan has more influence, I think, than Keith Richards, you know, yes. in terms yeah. of the number of people that he inspired or somebody like Les Paul, who's number 18, like we wouldn't be playing guitar like this <laughs> if it weren't for Les Paul. You know, so in that respect, like, how are we actually judging this and how are we actually uh, putting these people in order? Because even though you may not know Les Paul, but you play an electric guitar because of Les Paul, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's that thing as well. Like, you've got B.B. King, Albert King and Freddie King all in the top 15, which is, I'm like... I, I know B.B. King and I know Albert King, but Freddie King, like I know Hideaway, like it was a really big song at the time. Yeah. Like it was really influential. But does he deserve to be like, you know, above Les Paul or, you know, this is, there, there's, it, there's a lot of room to pick nits here. Like there really yeah. is. But at the same time, if we're talking about influence, like for my, talking about my generation, if you've got like Kurt Cobain at 73, and you've got like Jack White at 70 and John Frusciante at 72. Like, you know, I was born in 1990. And for me, those are like three massive heads who influenced me and all my friends to pick up the guitar. Yeah. And they're all like really low down. Slash is 65. Like, you know, the reason- so a lot of the, the shred guys too, the, and I think the ones that would be most important, like Steve Vai and Joe Satriani don't make the list. That's really weird. Steve Vai isn't on this list. No. What? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like he's, uh, and so when when you're thinking about guys that really changed the game, uh, particularly took what Eddie Van Halen did and took it to the next level, you have Randy Rhodes, who's of that next generation player, who's in there, which deservedly so, I think. But there's no there's no Steve Vai and there's no Joe Satriani. Um, and so it's kind of like the guitar stops, according to this list, like the guitar stops innovating about 1995 and it goes down the grunge road and that's it. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, it does kind of scream that. I mean, just, yeah, going on that point, like Randy Rhodes or like, okay, so Randy Rhodes is 36. Johnny Ramone is 28, right? Now, I'm, yeah. I'm, I, I just want to, like, I think that I have no doubt that the Ramones were really influential and, like, picked up, you know, encouraged loads of people to pick up the guitar because they made it kind of like, it was a very easy thing. They, you know, there wasn't a lot of uh, talent or skill involved in what they were doing. But I think that's very much more the Ramones as a whole as opposed to Johnny Ramone. Yeah. <laughs> like, you've got Johnny Ramone at 28 and then you've got Prince as 33, which yeah. is kind of shocking, I, I would consider. Well, and again, in terms of influence, I'm not sure Prince would make 
make the list if he was still alive. Like, I hate to put it that way. It's not that he was a bad guitar player. Oh, no, a very good guitar player. He's, he's not known as a guitar player as much as, like, a producer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or a Like, he produces, he, and, well, and the reason I said producer, just, just to be clear on that, like, what I mean by that is, like, he crafts an entire song. He's not just a lyricist. He is, like, he is the details guy. He is like, he does the lyrics, he, the chord progressions, the ins and outs, the beat. Like he is the guy that crafts the entire product. Um, and just, just, that's why I put it that way. But his, as a guitar player, I mean, very good guitar player. Nothing, I don't want to take away anything there, but I think in terms of influence and in terms of ability, like there are guys further down on this list who I think were better. Yeah, and I think that in terms of talking about that kind of combination of influence and, you know, technical ability as well, like Hetfield is is towards the bottom, he's 88. Mm -hmm. And I I, I think that's a bit bizarre. I mean, like, you know, he definitely deserves to be on this list, but I would would definitely put him a bit higher in terms of like his influence and his, what he did as like a front man, you know, when you're thinking of like a singer guitar player, in terms of technical abilities, Hetfield is very much up there with the best. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think even he certainly deserves to be in the top 50. I think that I can easily find people to bump um, <laughs> to put him yeah. up there, you know. Um, not that I'm necessarily going to pick someone right now, but I do think that it would be easy to find, I don't know, somebody like Link Ray and <laughs> put James yeah. Hetfield there. <laughs> But another thing as well is that, like, okay, I definitely think that uh, George Harrison, who is number 11, I think he deserves to be in the top 20, a very influential Mm -hmm. guitar player who very much played what fit the song. And there's, like, a really good article written about, from Tom Petty, originally written about George Harrison. And and it's really good, like, really, really nice. George Harrison's going, the song needed this, so I did this. And, sorry, terrible. (laughs) That was a pretty good George Harrison impression. Thanks very much. (laughs) I've been listening to a lot of Dana Carvey do impersonating all the Beatles, and it's just he's just. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Look at Yellow up, Submarine. Yeah, yeah. and I was eating a sub sandwich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the A Beatles C. Oh my gosh, that takes me yeah. back to like whatever that was, high school, middle school, something like that. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, but going back to like John Lennon is is fifty five. Like John Lennon is ten places above Slash. And I'm like, John, it's, it's that thing. It's like, John I would Lennon. put Paul McCartney above John Lennon in yeah. terms of being a t- guitar player. And, and, yeah. and, and, and he, again, McCartney doesn't even make the list. Like, well, he was a bass player. Like he played more guitar than a lot of, a lot of people. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think it's fair to put him tax man. Yeah. Like he yeah. played those, loads of those parts that, you know, McCartney did. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's there's there's a lot of questionable choices here. I want to ask you about Santana at number twenty. Uh, yeah. So I really and we've had this discussion before. You know, like we have. I really struggle with Santana as a guitar player because he's he really hasn't done anything different since 1968. Like it's the same thing over and over. And I think what what was irritating and fascinating about supernatural for example was how he was able to just recycle the stuff he did 30 years before and put new singers on and it was a hit you know it's marketing genius (laughs) yeah it's it's, um 
the Dorian but, scale. <laughs> the Dorian. Uh, yeah, it's uh, w what is interesting about you know his playing is in some ways he captures the. And so I'm not necessarily going to, I'm not going to bash him out of hand because I do think, particularly for the time period, there is something new and interesting there. He's infusing these Latin rhythms um, and these feels, these samba feels with a blues scale and, and the blues vibe, right? So yeah, yeah. there is, you put it in context, and I do think there is something that is really interesting that's going on um, in, that, in that time period. And you pair that up right alongside with Hendrix and the whole psychedelic revolution. And yeah. uh, you What's have that? to admit that at the time when you're stacking these guys up, there is something very different about Hendrix and Santana, about Santana and Garcia and these other, and Townsend and all, all of their contemporaries. When you look at that too, I think Santana is also one of the cleanest and fastest players of his generation. That's a, that's a very good point. I've never actually considered that in terms of yeah, his, his <laughs> phrasing I think is is better than most of those guys, and he's faster and he's cleaner. He's not as sloppy as Hendrix. Um, maybe the same style of emotion isn't there, but I do emotion, think yeah, when, yeah. when you listen to those early Santana recordings, Santana similarly plays on the edge. You know, he's pushing that technique and that speed, and those those Latin things are fast and. While I have a hard time listening to a lot of Santana, I think when you put things in a historical context, you got to realize like he did something very different at the time. Okay. And That's I think that that yeah. really carried him through. Should he be number 20? I am dubious about that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it, it really is interesting because once you, once you think that the list is going one way, like it's like, oh, they're, they're, they're in this order because of this. You're like, wait, yeah, no, yeah. then if so, then that person should be an awful lot higher. Like, <clears throat> like I, I think that Jack White, in terms of his influence over the last 20 years, like I've spoken about it before in our, mm -hmm. our recent uh, Patreon Blues episode that will be up soon, that uh, he's just like, he has, like, he wrote Seven Nation Army, which is like the biggest riff of the last 20, 30 20 years. years. Just, yeah. just yeah. in terms of like what people people knowing it you know you go anywhere in the world and people know that riff and the same with Kurt Cobain like Kurt Cobain is 73 and like like it or not he wrote one of the most influential guitar riffs or uh, numerous of the, the most influential guitarists right. of the last like 30 years and it's just you know um it's it's I don't know I, I feel that I, I you know there are a few interesting choices as well like I'm 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 very glad that Johnny Greenwood from Radiohead is there. I think he was like from for me a big influence, you know, growing up at 48 and Johnny Marr at 51. And we also had uh, one of the listeners and responded to us. On, uh, we had a couple of responses to our Instagram page. People give us a follow and let us know what you want to want us to discuss. We, we'd really appreciate it. And um, yeah, so guitarist James, uh, he commented, you know, he he thought that. Jenny Marr definitely belonged on the list, but also um, like Ingve, Ingve isn't there as well. Yeah, um, you know Gilmore is there, and yeah, he's like if I could pick one person, it's Jimmy Page, and it's like Jimmy Page definitely deserves to be in the top ten for what he did. You know, sure, he was a sure. producer, producer, writer, guitar player. He, like he did it all, and he was very much um, a trendsetter, I suppose. Mm -hmm. that, you know, it, you know, but it's like. 
I don't know, like Derek Trucks is there, which is cool. Um, I'm trying to think of, of any other ones. Rory Galler is really low at 57. Like, you know. I did find it. So there's two there that I found really interesting. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think Derek Trucks is – what's interesting about seeing him on there is he is he's really the only slide player that's on this list. Yeah. Well, Dwayne Almond is too. Dwayne Almond, yeah. But, yeah. Um, and Dwayne Almond is higher than Derek Trucks, which I think makes sense, at least in that order. But um, I, I have a hard time seeing Derek Trucks in the top 20. Not that he is a bad guitar player. I just don't know that he has that much of an influence. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm, if I asked my girlfriend, you know who Derek Trucks is, like, she's not going to know it. Like, it's yeah. the thing, you know, that is kind of what sets him apart from most of the other people on this list. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> Particularly yeah. in the top 20 there. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you too about number 17. 17. Okay. Okay. So what's interesting is that, so Neil Young did this tour, I think it was 2005 and I had friends that saw him at different, on different shows in that tour. And this was the tour. I think I think he was with Crazy Horse. But either way, Neil Young would go on these massive guitar solos. And all my friends said, like, he, it was one of the best things I've ever seen. Like, it was just raw and emotive. And it was just so, like, spellbinding. And, you know, I haven't seen Neil Young. I See, the thing is, like, I, I have a soft spot for Neil Young in terms of, like... <clears throat> you know, how long he's been around and how many different uh, kind of different eras his career has had. But he's one of those guys, like Neil Young is a massive influence on Kurt Cobain. But then again, Neil Young is like 17. In the, uh, what was it? In the, it, Who wrote the blurb for Neil Young? Was it Trey Anastasio, I think? Yes, he did. Yeah, and he says in that blurb, it's like, oh yeah, you know, every young guitar player should listen to, is it Down in the River or Down by the River? Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I've never heard that Neil Young song, or I don't know that one. I'm going to listen to it. And it's, it's crap. <laughs> or it's like, it's, it's just like there is nothing notable on there. And maybe it's because it's of its time. But yeah, I, 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 I very much, like, you know, you don't have Neil Young, you don't have grunge. Like, that's, mm-hmm. that's one of the big things, you know. But at the same time, there are so many grunge players on here or like people that would be influenced like Jay Maskus is on here at number uh, 87, you know, from Dinosaur Jr. Um, Mike McCready is on here, but Mike McCready is a massive Van Halen fan as well. So it's, it's, I don't know. Neil Young does not deserve to be 17. It's just because he is a songwriter. He's the only songwriter, like singer songwriter on this list in top 20. Like he's the only. The thing I struggle with, with Neil Young, especially is he just doesn't seem to, uh, <laughs> he doesn't play in time very well. I don't know how else to put it, especially with his solos. You know, um, it just that's one of the things that drives me nuts about it. Like he's, uh, um, I, I struggle with him as as being that influential. You know, yeah, yeah, I can in I can get in terms of that. like innovative and technique, and uh, maybe there is something to seeing him play live. I've watched videos of him playing live, and it's just. It's not any better, in my opinion, <laughs> but that's just me. You know, maybe it's one of those Hendrix things like Pete Townsend's talking about. You just have to see it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's maybe a very, like, ethereal sort of experience, but... Yeah, Mike McCready actually wrote the one for Eddie Van Halen, which was kind of cool. 
Yes, Mike McCready is the, so there are two guitar players in Pearl Jam, for those of you that don't know, uh, Stone Gossard, who does all the rhythm, and Mike McCready, who does all the lead. And there is a video somewhere on YouTube, I think it's Pearl Jam's last tour, but it's Mike McCready playing Eruption just on his strat just in the middle of a show and it's like it is flawless like oh that's fantastic play and he plays like the riff from ain't talking about love as well but it's it's just like it's just showing his influence there but it's 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 class you forget like mike mccready is a brilliant guitar player and that alive solo is up there with one of my favorite like rock guitar solos ever it's like two minutes long um uh, but for like you know Metal is a genre where guitar is like your your primary thing. And there are surprisingly few metal guitar players on here. You've got Hetfield at 88. You've got Randy Rhodes in the 20s as well. You've but got Dimebag. Dimebag's 92. That's yeah. mad. I think that like, especially since his passing, you'd think that Dimebag would be at least top 50. Right. You know, in terms of his, because like you don't have Dimebag, you don't have, sorry to say, you don't have new metal. Yeah. Like you do not have, like he is responsible for genres or subgenres of music and people just trying to be as good as him and failing absolutely miserably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess you could say Tony Iommi. Um, I would struggle to put Angus Young as actual metal, you know, no, but, no. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I think you can argue Tony Iommi as being the guy that kind of, invents i'll put that in quotation marks because i think that's a whole other discussion but it, it is uh i think he's important but when you when you look at that that's sort of like post 70s actual heavy metal stuff um yeah i i was surprised by that as well you don't see a lot of the other people you might expect whether it's somebody like marty friedman um and we've talked about marty friedman before yeah, on the yeah. show you know like i kind of would have expected to see him somewhere in the top 100 here yeah, same with Ingve. Like Ingve influenced yeah. a generation. You know, he was he was he, he's in terms of like a certain subsection of guitarists. Ingve is somewhat up there with Van Halen in terms of yeah, absolutely. Well, I think Ingve took what Van Halen did, and obviously Ingve would never admit it. And he put a <laughs> sort of that idea of speed tapping arpeggios. Ingve um, went ahead and put a neoclassical spin on it, and that's super important. You know, yeah. and like I said before, Satriani and Vi are kind of those guys that drive that instrumental genre forward. Uh, but to, to sort of just leave the rest of metal out basically after 1995 <laughs> is like, it's really weird. It is really weird, um, mm. especially when you have some, you know, players that Rolling Stone has lauded like Tosin Abasi, who has been the face of essentially a whole different approach to the guitar um, yeah. i'm not going to say he invented it but he's certainly the face of it and yeah he's a pioneer in his sort of yeah like, and it's yeah. it's changed the way people think about the instrument and that's really important again another guy that i'm kind of surprised isn't on here and it leads credence to your oh that's interesting i didn't even think about that John Fogarty's not on here at all. Which is bonkers, just in terms of what he did. And the whole thing as well, like uh, one of our, another listener wrote in and was like, Hendrix deserves, which I, you know, I, I think it's a very valid point. Um, uh, Carmen Ghia uh, commented, hard to argue against Hendrix when considering what he achieved in such a short period when he was doing it and the obvious influence he still has to this day. I think that's, you know, a very valid point, mm -hmm. you know, considering it all, like all of his records were recorded and what, 
five years or something like that. But John Fogarty was very similar. Like Credence were around for like three or four years, maybe a bit longer. And then they yeah. just it broke up, it disbanded. And some really like iconic guitar parts in there as well. Yeah. Um, that's really interesting. I did not notice that. Uh, literally until I was about to say, it lends Credence to your sort of... Uh, dad in the in the leather jacket in the back at the game <laughs> made the list but then if he did like where's john fogarty so yeah um, I, I, I yeah it, that, that's that's an interesting choice i think it should also be noticed that um, i'm very glad that joni mitchell is on this list uh, yeah. very influential singer songwriter with a really unique uh, approach to the guitar that a lot of my uh, singer songwriter friends have and myself have very much stole from um, and yeah. <laughs> in terms of like her, her her way of accompanying herself i think it's uh really really notable i think i'm, I'm glad that yeah. she's on i think that we should talk about the edge but i think we should talk about it in another episode i think we should do like an edge special because we could really talk for an extended period of time about his place on this list yeah i think so too uh, and there's a lot of other people there too like Johnny Greenwood, which I think is an interesting inclusion in the top 50. Um, not that he isn't influential, but again, I think you can find other people that you might bump higher than that. Yeah, you know? I, I was reading the blurb. I was like, oh, you know, I think it's, it's interesting that Johnny Greenwood is here. And then it's like, well, of course, in Creep. I'm like, no, 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 I'm sorry. But your point is now unvalid. Creep yeah. does not. Creep warm. does not count. Like that is one of the, yeah, that, that's, that, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the reason he played the way he did in Creep was because he hated the song and he wanted to ruin it. And that is like widely known. <laughs> um, yeah. So clearly you did not do your research. Yeah. Shame on you, David Frick. Seems yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's some really fascinating stuff in here too. I mean, you've got uh, Eddie Hazel or Hazel. Uh, to be yes. honest, I can't remember how you pronounce his name, but he was a big influence on my uh, rhythm playing. And of course, just listening to Parliament and stuff like that. And so, brain, yeah, yeah um, you, can't, you can't get away from how influential he was as a guitar player, and particularly in that genre and the stuff he did. So that's, that's another interesting one. Andy Summers, I'm a big fan of Andy Summers. 86. Uh, yeah. Um, also kind of an interesting one. He wrote the one for Pete Townsend. That's actually a really good read too. It's, it's just a short blurb. It's like a paragraph, but what he has to say about Pete Townsend is, is insightful. And that's one of the things I really thought was great about, uh, this overall piece, all hundred of these, where a lot of these were written by these players, which just yeah. kind of, it adds a layer to it and it kind of it softened my eye rolling a little bit when i looked at what pete townsend had to say about Jimi hendrix it was like okay you're right i wasn't there i have no idea what it was like yeah but it's, 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 i'm i'm looking at it and so you know i have to imagine i'm used to seeing guys like Dwayne eddy and you know james burton play guitar and then here comes this guy in this he looks like a pirate and he's yeah. stomping all over the stage in his giant, like, size 12 shoes. He's eight feet tall on stage, and it's ridiculous. And the guitar is swirling around him, and so is the sound. Like, I'm sure that would blow my mind. And you have to put that into context there. Sounds like you're so. talking about a Kiss show. <laughs> <laughs> right there. Oh, 
Uh, neither, yeah, neither so, one of those guys made the list either. So no, and that's totally fine. <laughs> I'm not complaining about I'm that. Not complaining about that. Uh, space Ace. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. A very interesting list. Um, I think you can find uh, some sort of like version of it online. There's the only one I could really find was it had the hundred guitarists in order, but it was just pictures of them. So you're able mm. to find this list. Um, yeah. I, I think it's you know there are definitely some ones worth checking out that I hadn't heard of before, um, that I've I've made a note of to check out. And yeah, it's it's yeah it's it's it's. Fair play, Rolling Stone. We appreciate the guitar getting a shout out, uh, especially now when people are saying that rock is dead and the guitar is like, you know, a thing of the past. We all know it's not. Yes. Um, Though I will argue you could include a few more modern guitar players if you. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, But a really interesting list, like you said. I love the inclusion of people like James Burton and Scotty Moore and Steve Cropper. And I I think those are really important names that deserve to get a shout out. and uh and several you know Dwayne Eddy things like that i i think those are they're important people to include in the development of the instrument and that's one of the things we talked about here one of the things i've been doing with the sort of my historical lick of the week thing which, which i'm really enjoying yeah yeah that's that's going to be next that's my next one so i'll have to figure out who we're going to do so but or indeed Dun, dun, dun. Anyway, this has been great. I think there's enough here to, to maybe do an, another episode or a bonus episode and just dig more into it because uh, it's fun. There's a lot to talk about. So Yeah, there's guitar players here that we could talk about for like uh, easily a whole episode about. Like Andy Summers, like we both, we're both massive fans of what he does. And yeah, so maybe we'll, we'll, we'll chalk that down to doing it down the line. Um, sweet. So I, I suppose moving on, we'll, we'll finish the episode as we always do. John, what have you been working on? Man, uh, so this has been interesting. It's been kind of a, I've got a student who's working on some intervals stuff. So intervals is a band. It's instrumental these days. They started with a vocalist, but uh, primarily led and the creatively driven by Aaron Marshall. Aaron Marshall is a monster guitar player but he started as a drummer. So he writes some really interesting drum parts as well. And um, I have a student who's working on some of his stuff. So I'm kind of trying to bring my chops up to, to that level. What's cool about Aaron Marshall's, the way he plays, it's a lot of um, kind of string skipping, slides, and uh, cool legato things. But he's very careful about his melodic construction. So it's been really interesting to kind of break down what's happening harmonically and melodically. And it's, it's a very strict kind of like, here's eight bars. Here's the first four bars. Here's how he's going to vary those first four bars in the next eight bars. Um, And I think one of the things as a side note, and uh, I should do a little, or maybe we should do an episode on this, like noodling. Mm. He doesn't noodle. Um, it's very, it's very tightly constructed and a lot of instrumental guitarists have a tendency to noodle and then capture the take of them noodling. This is not that at all. And, uh, so the question is, how do you construct a melody? He's a really good person to look at, listen to, and observe how he's constructing modern guitar melodies over modern harmonies. And it's, it's a, it's a cool study. So it's a little bit of everything there. I know that's not like really dialed in, but, um, it's kind of melodic content, harmonies, and just there's some massive technique in there too. 
sweet. No, that's not, like I have had intervals uh, recommended to me by both yourself and friend of the show, Matthew Callahan before. And it's just like, I, I've, I feel like I've been going down such a rabbit hole of late that I, I, you know, I kind of keep moving from band to band to band, like moving from Chan to I Built the Sky to Animal yeah. Theater. So it's like, I'm trying to, but I will check that out. I, two, that, that so two good. songs to listen to, uh, Meridian and Libra. So the song I'm working on with this student is Libra. And it's, uh, it's cool. It's cool stuff. Sounds fun. Yeah. And yourself. So what are you working on? So I am doing a few things. I, we've talked before about like building practice plans. So my current plan is it's only, I'm only doing like a half an hour, 45 minutes a day, but it's been working really well in terms of like, I've been going through, I recently became a patron of a friend of the show, previous guest, Bernd Bottega, um, Austrian shred god. And he uh, has, that dude, he's just so, he's so Austrian in his work ethic. Like the dude is Arnold Schwarzenegger, but on the guitar. Um, His Patreon content is really, really good. He essentially has put up like his 10 best warm-ups and picking exercises and his 10 best like uh, fingering exercises, left hand. So I've been working my way through them. Some really, really good stuff, all of it trying to use the metronome so increasing it slowly but surely apart from that i will hopefully be uploading a video on my uh as part of my solo sunday series on instagram tomorrow with the hot for teacher opening solo which i have spent like three weeks working on up to speed thanks to chris zupa for that lesson and yeah apart from that i'm also working on sam blakelock's course on the pickup music channel uh, on chords and a lot of learning a lot because it's all like jazz chords and where to use them so that's been really mm. interesting um, but yeah apart from that just uh, kind of a little bit of everything and just working in like five to ten minute blocks uh, to try and keep myself not spending too much time on one thing kind of keeping it keep, keeping keeping it you know a lot of variety and keeping it spicy so yeah, that's that's me. Um, friends of the sh- uh, John, uh, before I sign off, I mean I'm going to tell us. I'm going to tell the. Uh, sorry, it's been a long day. Um, I'm going to tell people where to find us. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us at sharpenthatx at gmail dot com. Uh, if you have a topic you would like us to discuss, please forward it on. If you uh, think of any guests you'd like us to interview, we've had um, a really good. Uh, you know, we have a good repertoire of guests in the past and yeah if you just just hit us up let us know you like the show if you can give us a rating that'd be great um and yeah we are also on patreon where we have more content coming soon including a bonus blues episode that uh we had just so much to talk about during our recent blues episode that we decided to record a second episode where we could cover all the rest of the bases um but yeah that's that's <laughs> i think that's it i think that's it Cool. Leave us a rating. Leave us a rating on your favorite podcast on your podcast app. Uh, we would really appreciate it. It means a lot to us. Helps uh, more people to find the show. Um, it's really easy to do. It only takes a minute. And yeah, um, now I think that's it. Now I think I've touched. <laughs> We're done. Okay. We're done. Go about your lives. Uh, practice guitar. Play guitar. Stay sharp, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs>